Welcome to Notes from the Electronic Cottage. I'm Jim Campbell. If you follow the news, you probably have heard about the historically unprecedented wave of book banning going on in schools and libraries all across America in the past year or so. From Texas state legislators, to Florida legislators, to Kentucky legislators, to parents in literally hundreds of schools and school districts across the U.S., to people in many American towns and cities. It seems that lots of people think that not only should they not have to look at books that they feel are inappropriate in one way or another, they also feel that no one else should be able to read those books either. It used to be that many of the concerns about books in libraries that others should not be able to read centered on content that was, in the minds of would-be censors, sexual in nature, and almost always on passages that were taken out of context, which is not difficult to do. Every library we've ever been in, for example, has a copy of the Bible. Just for fun, check Ezekiel chapter 23 verses 20 to 21 in the Old Testament, or pretty much any part of Song of Songs, none of which we're going to read on the air right now. Most would-be censors don't think the Bible should be pulled from library shelves. Or should it? Who is to say? That is a very big question. At least according to PEN America, an association of 7,500 writers, publishers, editors, and translators who support freedom of expression in this country, as do other chapters in over a hundred other countries around the world. The chances are pretty good that if you read books, particularly in English, some of the authors that you enjoy reading most are PEN members or supporters, including some pretty famous ones right here in Maine. PEN America recently released a report entitled, quote, Banned in the USA, Rising School Book Bans Threaten Free Expression and Students' First Amendment Rights, end quote. And bans on school books are not the only ones underway in the United States today. There are other attempts to ban books underway in public libraries as well, including libraries right here in Maine. The PEN America report focuses just on school libraries and indicates that in nine months, from July 1, 2021 to March 31, 2022, there were, quote, 1,586 instances of individual books being banned, affecting 1,145 unique book titles. This encompasses different types of bans, including removals of books from school libraries, prohibitions in classrooms, or both, as well as books banned from circulation during investigations resulting from challenges from parents, educators, administrators, board members, or responses to laws passed by legislatures. These numbers represent a count of cases either reported directly to PEN America and or covered in the media. There may be other cases of bans that have not been reported and are thus not included in this count. The index lists bans on 1,145 titles by 874 different authors, 198 illustrators, and nine translators, impacting the literary, scholarly, and creative work of 1,081 people altogether. End quote. To say nothing, of course, of the nearly 2 million students in the 2,899 schools 
covered by one or another of these book bans. So, who's deciding what books get banned and according to what standards? Well, both the National Coalition Against Censorship and the American Library Association have recognized that parents and taxpayers have a right to request a review of whether a book belongs on a library shelf, whether in a school or a public library. And those organizations have suggested best practice guidelines to help ensure that books are evaluated rigorously and legally before a decision is made about their appropriateness to be included in a library collection. While school boards, in the case of school libraries, do have broad powers in, as the Supreme Court has said in Board of Education versus PICO, quote, management of school affairs, end quote, they must exercise that discretion, quote, in a manner that comports with the transcendent imperatives of the First Amendment, end quote. Alas, according to this PEN America report, a whopping 98% of the processes that resulted in the banning of 1,586 books in school libraries departed in important ways from the best practice guidelines referred to above. Not a comforting statistic. Nor are all the types of books that are being banned these days of a supposed sexual nature. Nearly half, in fact, feature protagonists or prominent other characters of color and or address issues of race and racism. And about a quarter are actually history books or biographies and or have themes related to rights and activism. And, believe it or not, although not officially banned, over half of the math books reviewed by the Florida Board of Education were rejected for, quote, inappropriate materials. Math books? Huh? What are those inappropriate materials? Who knows? The Department of Education won't show the passages that they object to. All very interesting, one might say, but what does this have to do with our digital world, which of course is what we look at here in the Electronic Cottage? Well, as it turns out, it's a lot more difficult to ban books and keep them from school-age students or anyone else in the digital age. For example, the New York Public Library has partnered with a number of publishers and has put a large selection of what they're referring to as, quote, unbanned books online, freely available to anyone 13 or older nationwide from now until May 31st, whether those people have a library card or not. And the Brooklyn Public Library is issuing free e-cards to folks aged 13 to 21 providing free access to the library's collection of ebooks for a whole year so that users can have access to books that might be banned in their schools or local communities. In addition, anyone who asks for one of these cards will also be able to connect with, quote, members of BPL's Intellectual Freedom Teen Council to help one another with information and resources to fight censorship, book recommendations, and the defense of freedom to read." End quote. From news reports, it appears that Mr. Putin has been pretty successful in deciding just what people in Russia can and cannot read, 
what information they can and cannot access. That same inclination seems to be at work in some school districts and some state legislatures in this country. But at least for the present, thanks to our digital world, there are still ways for young people or anyone to read The Catcher in the Rye or The Bluest Eye, no matter where they may live. And we'll do our best to help make sure that folks know just how they can find information or books they seek right here on future editions of Notes from the Electronic Cottage.